should taking a selfie up a girl's skirt without her permission be a crime, a criminal offence? That has been in the news here in the UK. We're going to talk about that and the recent immigrant crisis which Trump has come under fire for with four special guests. Stay tuned for episode 93 of the Scottish Liberty Podcast. And I should add, if you missed episode 92, which you might have if you're listening to on iTunes because it was a YouTube extravaganza, a Google Hangouts extravaganza with even more than four special guests, you should head over to the Scottish Liberty Podcast YouTube channel and get a can of beer or a few bottles, maybe a friend, and watch it. You will not regret the time spent. It was a hilarious riot. We had an absolutely astonishing time. I'm wearing a hat to try and make me look less like an obscure And um, less like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I normally assume when people wear hats. <laughs> okay, so we're going to give the public, the, the liberty-loving public, the upshot on the upskirt uproar. How did you like that alliteration? Very good. Okay. It's pretty good. alliterate. <laughs> how, how long did you practice so, that for, Anthony? Um, I've, I've been saving it up all week. I've been saving it up. I come up with one three-part alliteration a week, and I try and uh, save them up for the show. So please, ladies, uh, introduce yourselves. Indeed. You go first, Elizabeth. Because you wrote me into this. I did. So I am Elizabeth Hobson and I am the Director of Communications at the Justice for Men and Boys and the Women Who Love Them political party. And I roped in Belinda, who is going to be talking at an event we're putting on called the International Conference on Men's Issues next month. Belinda? Okay. Uh, Yep, I'm I'm Belinda Brown, and um, I don't really know what to say about myself. I'm just I'm someone who wants to destroy feminism. Really, feminism is something which I just. Why would you want to do but that? How could you, you, do don't you that? get internalized misogyny? Is that? Mm-hmm. A... Don't you know that you wouldn't even have the vote? <laughs> no, it's not as it's not as simple as that. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, if you want to talk about that, that's a whole. But but I'm. Yeah, I'm that's very, a whole other you I'm really the wrong woman to bring that up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've bit, you've you've picked the wrong woman. I I think I think that feminism causes a, a huge number of social problems, and that's that's something for another day. Because I, right. you know, I'll, I'll really yeah. talk for a long time. We'll, we'll be going all night on that topic. Yes. So we should stick with upskirting. That's right. Okay. Okay. I've also so, got a very ill husband, so I may have to go just in the next room. So I may have to go at any moment. Okay. okay. So, so no I problem. Like, so let's let's get on with let, it. Let's can, go on with do it. We, can we all agree that it's probably a douchebag thing to do? Yes, uh, I think okay. we can all we can all agree with that. We okay. Can all so yeah. first thing, should it be then? Should it be a criminal offence? Carrying a sentence of up to two years. It shouldn't be a criminal offence. I think it's a ridiculous idea. I, do you know? I think ridiculous is too light a word. I think it's. I I think it's a. um, What what would the word be? I think it it could just like a line in the sand that we shouldn't cross. You know. I think if we 
if we make that criminal, then we're going to start making things criminal, all kinds of things criminal. Mm. And I think that yeah. one of one of the points is if we're talking about, I think that what I'm assuming is that if somebody actually got a camera and shoved it between your legs, that's going to come under abuse anyway. That's going to be some form of physical yeah. abuse. So I think that that is covered. But what I think could happen is that somebody who is dressing in a, you know, is wearing a very short skirt and, and they bend over and somebody's feeling a bit pissed and they take a photo and that yeah. person could land themselves with a sentence. Or you could have something mm. that happened to me, for example, when I was about nine years old. Right. I was in a school playground and there were, there were the two little boys and I just, I didn't quite comprehend what had happened, but they put a mirror between my legs and then they said something about right. the colour of my knickers and okay. off they went giggling away. And I didn't like it. I was really mm. annoyed. Yeah. That is the sum of it. You know, I was really pissed okay. off. I kind of thought, I think we'd been doing some exercise where you you you, you collect, you had to stand by the school um, fence and you wrote down, you did a tally of the colour of the cars that right. went past. And I think they were doing a tally of the colour of people's knickers. Okay. And, um, okay. You know, but I mean, it was just a stupid thing, you know, to think sure. that, yeah. that nowadays you'd have a phone rather than a mirror. Yeah. And and the mirror thing's quite, co I mean, I was talking to a friend and she went to a convent, not a convent, but a religious school, you know, yeah. with nuns. And the, the little boys used to put mirrors on their, sh they, on their shoes and when the girls were praying. And I, I don't know, they used to do the same sort of thing. And the girls yeah. just would. Yeah. Uh, well, my, my, my ex-wife went to a convent school and she was always told, this is serious, she was always told not to polish her shoes to a high shine because boys could see their, your pants in them. So they're told not to polish oh, their shoes because okay. it would reflect your, your knickers in them. That's, That's quite funny. Yeah, I suppose it is. Okay, you know? so hang on a, a, a minute, Belinda, though. But could it not be argued? In fact, I'm going to argue okay. it that there's a big difference between kids, you know, who are still exploring their um, interests in girls in a very uh, childish way, uh, playing a little prank like that, and a grown man um, taking. Uh, you know, putting his phone down and taking a selfie up a girl's, sorry, not, well, yeah, it's a selfie at that point, up a girl's skirt or anything like that. At a grown man's age, he should know better, Belinda. And, um, yeah, but, uh, Dan, okay. if I can just jump in, that's sure. exactly why Christopher Choke um, objected to the bill. Because if you look, um, the NSPCC in 2016 said that one in six. Um, people who are reported to the police for sending or receiving child sexual images were under 18. Yeah. And mm. if they are convicted or get a caution, they end up on the sex mm. offender register and yeah. work with children for the rest of yeah. their lives. And this can be this can be consensual. This could be consensual between two 17-year-olds. Uh, or two 16-year-olds who are perfectly legal to have sex with each other, perfectly legal to get married even, and yet if they send each other pictures of their private parts, they can be both criminalised. Would that be right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, what you're saying is this is part of a wider um, environment of laws. But I think there's something quite di – I'm not really sure if I'm following the train. Like, I, I want to play um, – Personally, right, my position is 
actually, I think that it should possibly be a cr criminal offence. I'm not saying that it should uh, carry a I'm sentence of up to two uh, up to two years. Sorry. I'm quite confused about at what point it's not. Right. Because at the moment it can can be covered. Because I would right. think it was a sexual assault. Well, it could mm, be no. by outraging public decency. Okay. Right. Problem with that. Wouldn't would better nice behaviour. Needs to see it happen. Right. Yeah. Um, it can be covered by harassment, which is behaviour sure. which causes alarm or distress. Okay. Breach of the peace. Um, or it can be covered by voyeurism, but that's only okay. for in a private place, like a changing room right. okay. or your home, where you could would expect to not. Yeah, yeah, have someone um, breaching your privacy. But I mean, as far as, you know, this Gina Martin, who's like the campaigner who had this incident happen at the British Summertime Festival. Yeah. I mean, you know, she she saw the picture of herself on this guy's phone. Mm -hmm. Phone off him, gave it to security. They called the police. The police made him delete the image. Mm -hmm. okay. I don't see why she's bothered after that, to be honest as long as the image is gone. But well, I mean... I, I don't really see why that doesn't come yeah. under harassment, because the problem was the police said they didn't... Like, they couldn't pursue a charge. Sure. Okay, and how, how intimate was the... Distressed. Okay, how, how intimate was the picture? Do we know? I mean, was it... it was, was, it, was, it her neck, was it her neckers? Was it her private parts? What was... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, well, I mean, I can't imagine that if someone took a... Uh, picture of a man's private parts that they'd necessarily have um, recourse under the law. However, Butlin, right, go on. Did, did she, so, did, that's did she a good have, point, actually. Did she not have knickers on? Can I just ask? She did. She did. She did. So, yeah. it's a, no, that, that's a good knickers. point. Yeah. Right, that's so, a good point. It's like, I mean, it's, like, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not something that you, it's not, it's not anything that you wouldn't see at the beach. Yeah, I know, but the thing is, it's just kind of like, uh, it's not really about it. Not, I, I'm just saying what other people would say. It's not the same as seeing it in the beach because when someone goes to the beach, they're obviously there in their bikini or what have you uh, voluntarily, whereas people feel violated by having a picture taken of them, uh, which they deem inappropriate. Yeah, Sorry, I, think, oh. I think I think it's naughty and it's violating. But you know, I mean, I kind of agree with Joanna Williams that really we should be um, teaching people to deal with these situations themselves. Mm -hmm. To be honest, yeah, I, and okay. I mean, you know, if what happened at that festival where the police turned up and made him delete the image, I think is perfect to be honest okay. what's being suggested i think is going to waste police time it's going to waste court time which is going to deny victims of serious offenses justice mm. um you know if people are going to prison for two years that's a shitload of yeah there's a lot of resources the taxpayer is going to have to shell out belinda. sorry belinda yeah did you want to come no, in on that no no I'm, i just i just I just completely, I, I completely agree with Elizabeth. I think I, I, I agree with everything Elizabeth says. I, I think it's about, um, I do feel a bit like we need to toughen up bit, a bit because, you know, this feeling violated, well, you know, you can, feeling violated isn't an objective thing. 
you can encourage people to feel violated. I, I've had that happen to me. I remember right. recounting this again when I was young. I remember recounting a particular incident to a friend of mine who was a feminist, and it was something I'd got over. Mm. And she put cast the incident in a whole different light, and yeah. then it made me feel very violated. But then I realised it was the way that that it had been presented to me by her made me change my feeling. So feeling okay. isn't something objective. It's something that you can actually create and provoke. You teach people to feel violated, just as you teach people how to feel offended. You know, right. I think that, that, I mean, of course there are, I mean, this is, it, it, it's a tricky thing because there are things which are, kind of for me would be quite objective if if your stuff is stolen that is that is a violation you know yeah. and there i feel like there are some things which are violations and some things which you i suppose yes it is a violation but it, it's it's a it's kind of a minor violation and we have to be careful of doing things because it's what it makes people feel because <laughs> then it just boils down to how does a person feel about it? And I think if somebody feels violated by something that really is fairly minor, they, okay. they, they just need, they, they need to pull their socks up and, and just say, no, you just have to learn to deal with it because otherwise where do you draw the line really? And so I think, I think that's, I think that's how I, I would see it. Um, yeah. I mean, can I throw something out here? I mean, do you think it's it's not beyond the stretch of the imagination that we could go from that to um, the aggressive male gaze? I, Absolutely. Uh, I, 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 was, I was walking up the stairs on the bus, and when I looked behind me, this guy was looking up my skirt, you know. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, he should be uh, arrested and charged for not averting his eyes from my, you know, uh, extremely uh, skimpy skirt, so to speak. I mean, I don't know. No, I mean, do, well, do you think that's, that's a possibility? Thing, that's another thing well, that's happened in Bonnie Scotland, isn't it? There was a homeless guy who went and was um, looking at a shop assistant through a window, and then he went away, came back and was looking at her again. She called the police, and he ended up... Yeah. In oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Yes. I, I did... Yeah, I, and I saw in the Times, um, there was just, um, I can't remember who it was, but it was some politician and she was saying, yes, we must, we must clamp down on any acts of misogyny. You know, right. I mean, that's just, that's just... You're against the point open, of thought you know, crime. Any, any acts of misogyny, and misogyny is something that's completely defined by, that there's nothing objective about what they call misogyny. I mean, no. I've got I've got pretty clear ideas of what I consider misandry, yeah. but I mean, other yeah. people, you know, and I think they're probably a lot more substantial than what people consider misogyny, to be yeah. honest. You know, so there's not, you know, we have to be careful. I mean, just criticising feminists could be misogyny. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, we, have a, yeah. we have a video on our YouTube channel called Toxic Femininity, and it was alleged that to even have a video called that, might have been misogynistic, but they've got no problem at all throwing around the term toxic masculinity. Oh. So what's good for the gander certainly is not good for the goose. Always, we have one commenter, uh, James Owen, who says 
So looking at women's breasts will be next. And also, solution. Solu he has a solution. Wear a full burqa. But that's the direction which things are going in. I mean, there is some kind of uneasy... Um, alliance between extreme, you know, extreme Islam and feminism. You know, it feels like. I mean, it's, yeah. it's. I, I kind of feel that maybe we need to be talking a whole lot more about issues. I mean, this is something which is never ever discussed, and the belief is, um, I can wear as a woman. I can wear absolutely whatever the hell I like, and you, mm. as a male have no right to even blink twice, you know, and you just yeah. keep up with it. And this is this is kind of enshrined in, this is the assumption of everybody. And I mean, if I question it, I know that I'm, I, I'll be seen as being in the wrong, but I do question it because I think that, um, I think that actually maybe we should think about how we're making blokes feel. I mean, I'm not a bloke and now I'm kind of fair, you know, I'm older and like, so it's easier for me to look at these things objectively. But as I understand it, you know, young males can be quite distracted by, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not male and I'm not gay. Yeah, I'm male, I'm not young, but I can be quite but, distracted. But, you know, they, they can be quite, dis you know, say, you know, uh, girls with very short skirts, say it's happening in school and the girl's got a very short skirt or, you know, I, as I understand it, males can be quite distracted and perhaps it's just a kindness to think, well, you know, let's not distract them. Let's just leave them in peace. I don't know. That's just something that's yeah, probably I mean, incredibly controversial. To be, if you're going mm. to be offended by the distraction, then, yeah, leave them in peace. You know, if you're quite mm. happy with a bit of attention then fine, do it. Exactly, exactly. But, but the so fact what is you're saying is freedom of choice is not freedom from consequences. Indeed. Indeed. But, 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 but that's, that's even more unacceptable than what I've just said, because if, if, if somebody does look at you and you're dressed like that, you know, it's immediately, what are you looking at me like that for? You know, yeah. you know, you know, you, yeah. you can be attacked. And you do have, yeah. You know, if you, you look at someone's be, cleavage, you, you know, yeah. You can be attacked as a bloke. And I, I mean, yeah. I think a male's eyes might be quite drawn to a, yeah. a cleavage. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I don't exactly understand why a woman is flaunting everything. Why is she doing that? Well, because she's, she's not you know, trying to get some kind of interest well, she, or reaction or provocation she, or something. I don't well, know. She, well, she, maybe she thinks it's selective. You know, she wants to attract x y type of bloke but not z so yeah so you know it doesn't work like that but it's okay to imagine alpha I mean, male if but I, you're a poor beetle like one of us you've just got no chance i mean if i went around for example god forbid right but if i went around with my parts Martini. hanging out you know and like there's some woman kind of like went what the heck and i'm going excuse me i think you'll find them up here you know <laughs> People would automatically go, well, that's ridiculous. You know, don't go around with your two your yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's the old double standard, but, you know. Yeah. Well, I, th I think, I think, you know, I think, I think it is something that, that we, we should actually talk about, but we're not allowed to talk about, you know. And I think that's what actually, I think there needs to be a dialogue between right. men and women 
about mm. these kinds of issues because at the moment there can't be a dialogue because no, the law has been set by females, which is I can flaunt exactly what I like and you are not allowed to react. No. So you and, couldn't and, have a dialogue. But you're not allowed an opinion. As a man, you're not allowed an opinion on it. As also, um, but also, yeah. I think, you know, uh, to use a more equivalent example, when you go out driving in your Lamborghini and a fat chick looks at it, you go, Oi! What are you looking at my Lamborghini for? Why are you looking at my bank balance? Only hot girls are allowed to look. Only hot girls are allowed to. Uh, imagine to look if you said that. I know that. Well, I just said it on the podcast. <laughs> Right. So, so, where were we with this? Right. I I don't know. Like I'm gonna. I I. Well, feeling, but see a little. No, no, Basically no. I, I would like to every every uh, side of the discussion to be given a fair hearing. Well, I think that was the point that. Uh, so is it Christopher Choke, the MP uh -huh. who? Uh -huh. Right. Okay. Who, in my opinion, quite bravely, uh, you know, said. No, object. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't object. He actually doesn't object to it becoming a criminal offence. Mm -hmm. But he just said, uh, guys, uh, can we have some debate about this first? Mm -hmm. And he's been lambasted. I mean, the accusation is basically that he's some sort of pervert who likes, uh, you know, who probably is an upskirter himself because he just said, I think we should have some debate on this. And it's been quite vicious. And obviously at the forefront of this is uh, Jess Phillips, uh, MP, who is uh, who is furious about the idea that there should be some sort of debate. And, uh, curiously, she thinks there should be a never-ending debate about uh, Brexit. But um, she thinks there should be no debate whatsoever about this. What's behind that? What, about saying no debate? Yeah. I, I mean, that... that to me, is the feminist position ab about everything. It, it, it's a dogma which, which, you, which you can't challenge. So, um, so, I'm, and, and, so I'm not surprised by that. I mean, even if we were to have a debate, it would not actually, we would not be allowed to have a real debate because, for example, we'd not be allowed to raise questions about, you know, perhaps, perhaps, we should think us girlies should think twice about wearing really short skirts and mm, sticking up yeah. our fannies in people's faces that you know when they don't really know us or you know yeah and that we wouldn't that would be an illegal view to have um so i mean Je jess phillips saying it's funny I, I i i was kind of in a debate with jess phillips the other day she, she's kind of quite a likable person but mm, she's right. got this um she's got this obsession uh, she, she's just got this very, very feminist mindset, and it, it's like a religion. But they don't understand that it's like a religion. Is you it know? more like They're, a cult than a religion? Um, no, 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 no. It's way too widespread to be like a cult. No, it's more like a religion. No, I wish it was like a cult. No, it's but, more but, like. But a by, a, by a cult, I don't just mean that it's small. I mean, like by a cult, I just mean it's it's very. Uh, intolerant of dissent within its own ranks. I, th I think the feminist movement has got its own dogmas and uh, primarily obviously the, the dogma of patriarchy that society is um, created by men to benefit men at the expense of women. Uh, for my own, like, I guess I'm kind of sensitive to these issues because, right, okay, I'm... I'm Have you ever been upskirted? 
uh, well, I did wear oh. a kilt once to a okay. bound supper. So I guess, um, you know, I was I was interested in the men's issues and the, the riposte to feminism. Long, uh, so many people who listen to the show know I'm a therapist, right? And um, I was interested in the men's issues and I saw the stuff about rape culture and how this rape culture was obviously a myth and that our society doesn't report rape. But through my work, um, I've, I've worked with women who've sometimes been raped or sexually assaulted by men who had multiple accusers, and yet the case gets thrown out of court because no one accuser's position allegations can be proven. Even if, you know, maybe four or five women said the same guy and so that kind of makes me more sensitive than i was before uh, before i spoke to people who'd been victims of this kind of thing so it could be that um, maybe when i say first of all i completely agree that um two two years is way out of proportion with the crime i think the best um the best I'm kind of for restorative justice anyway, so I think the best um, situation would be for someone to have to pay a fine to the to the victim, uh, yeah. even if it was a small, even yeah. if it was a, even if it was a small thing, just as a deterrent. The only problem you have with that yeah, right then on. is the only problem you have with that then. Say if you do this, if you get caught doing this, you have to pay fifty pounds to the woman or or mm. something like that. Um, to compensate her and um, may encourage false allegations. So that would be my position on the, the upskirt thing. And uh, I, yeah, I enjoyed hearing your perspectives as well and why you think that that might not necessarily be a good idea. Now, is there anything that you guys would like to say before we go into the... Matthew, are you with us? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you just great. Is there anything either... Um, uh, Elizabeth uh, Hobson or Belinda Brown, would you like to sum up or say, add anything before we go we into our next on. topic? No, I'm just, I'm, I'm just really, I'm interested in what you said about your experience um, with therapy, and I do sometimes wonder when, um, you know, I, I'm, sometimes it seems to me like the world has become, or or male behaviour has become. Um, I feel pathologized. maybe, huh? Pathologized, well, pathologized. I no, think so. No, well, either well, it's definitely pathologized, definitely pathologized. But I do sometimes wonder, are are blokes behaving a bit more dodgily than they did when I was like twenty? You know, are, are they? I, I sometimes wonder that to myself, and and you know that's I mean it's interesting because I, I was at a male psychology conference today mm. and it was talking about the impact of growing up without a father in the household mm. and the impact of that on the male psychology and the female psychology but the male psychology in particular you know and it raises the possibility that they you know maybe we are dealing with more pathological Possibly, possibly mm. we are dealing with more difficult behaviour because people have had more um, more difficult upbringings than in the past. That's a whole other subject, but it just provokes yeah. what you said, that story you said, 
you know, which is quite was quite thought provoking. So yeah. I'm probably deviating. Well, Sorry. Well, Belinda, uh, where can people find your writing? And we'd be happy we'd be happy to have you back on the show if you want to discuss other issues with us. <laughs> you just let you just let us know because there's obviously a lot of things that you feel really passionate about, and it'd be our pleasure to have you back. But tell the people at home where they can find your writings. Um, okay. Yeah. So um, my name's Belinda Brown, and I know that you're libertarians. I actually write for something called the. Cons conservative woman okay. Okay. don't don't be put out um it's not about conservatism as as a, a political position but i do have feelings about traditional family that's mm -hmm. okay. also, I'm, I, I come i do come from a conservative perspective in that yeah socially conservative yeah, I'm, well, I, I am socially definitely conservative i've definitely become a lot more socially conservative over the years i for my sins so thank you so much for coming on the show yeah. and we, we we hope to have you back another time thank you belinda okay. thank you i really enjoyed thank it you. me okay, too thanks very much elizabeth anything more i suppose the only thing that occurs to me when you're talking about that in relation to this issue is that at least the women that you're talking about had their day in court if we're hmm. gonna start you know taking up skirters to court mm -hmm. might not even get there Right, right, right. I think the worst okay. thing about the innocence that I was talking about is sometimes these, uh, as as teenagers, were paraded in front of court called sluts, whores, liars, they were making it up and things like that. And it's a traumatic thing to go through. And I understand that that's part of the justice, pro the, the justice system. But, you know, more than one, more than one, I'm not just talking, um, you know, teen as teenage girls, like, it can really, they might not have even wanted to go to court, but they were goaded into it by attorney. And, and it, it's just so sad because there's no solution to it. I mean, no. Obviously, we need a court system. We need to examine witnesses to find out if they're lying or not. Um, and, and, you know, there are fake rape allegations as Unfortunately. well. Unfortunately, there are. But I think feminists should be talking about false rape allegations because they discredit real victims as well. So thank you very much both for coming on the Scottish Liberty Podcast. I know we'll be speaking to you again. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great. So Matthew, Matthew. Um, hi, guys. Ma hi, Matthew. Matthew goes by Matthew Rothbard uh, on Facebook. I hope you don't mind me advertising you. Is there somewhere where we can find your writings and do you have anything to plug before we talk about the Trump immigration ignominy? Ignominy. <laughs> Um, I don't really have anywhere I write currently other than just my Facebook page. Um, okay. I have I have two different Twitter accounts. One of them was initially intended to be more explicitly political and mm -hmm. one was more just general. It's my Twitter account I've had forever. That's It's a lot of sports, but I've been starting to talk about politics and stuff on there more. So um, okay. the one we'll well, probably get more of me would be um, at I tweet stuff here. Okay. Um, okay. I tweet stuff here. Yeah. And you can also follow me at Matt Splainer if you want. That's my other one. Um, uh, and then I have a podcast as well that I'm trying that's to get. It. That's get what we back. want you to plug. Yeah, we're trying to get back and up and running on it, but it's just been difficult with my co-host. With I just got married recently, and he's buying a house and all this stuff. So, um, but that podcast is called the Title Pending Show. If you look for it, the title, the, the Title Pending Show, and we've got Mance Raynor of Free Man Behind the Wall. Um, could you please mute your mic when you're not speaking, each of you, because that will help us not have. Uh, 
background sounds. If you can. If you can. So sure. thank you. Um, we'll, um, so just a little bit about Matthew. You're a um, passionate Facebook uh, poster. You, you put very detailed status updates on political issues. And I think perhaps it would be a good idea for you to copy and paste them into a blog. Blogger or WordPress is free for posterity. Now, some of you, many of you at home might have heard of Mance Rayner. He's got a very popular podcast called Free Man Behind the Wall. Uh, he's had uh, some excellent guests on there, including uh, some guy called Anthony Samaroff, uh, who co-hosts another... <laughs> Shameless self-publicist, Anthony Samaroff. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I don't know. He might have had some other. He might have had some other good people on there from time to time. But that that guy's the main one. And uh, please uh, just say hello, Mance, and uh, introduce yourself for anyone who doesn't know you. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm uh, Mance Raider. I host the Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast. I've written a couple books. They're available on Amazon. They're available on my website, FreemanBeyondTheWall.com. Um, yeah, just happy to be here. Thank you. Okay, Matthew, I believe that you might be short of time. So please give us your rundown on this uh, Trump immigration scandal. We want to pick your brain for everything you know. I know you put quite a detailed Facebook post up about it, so it'd be great to hear your perspective. Okay, so to at the outset, I'll make clear that I, my personal philosophy is probably most closely um, associated with um, anarcho-capitalism. So okay. I there's there's two different parts of it. There's the how things should be, and then there's the how things are. And right. when I started researching it, I thought that this, this, the, I thought there was a much easier solution to this than there actually is. Okay. Um, because ultimately it gets into what are borders and does a nation state have a right to, to manage its own borders and all of that whole issue. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, obviously, I would say as, a, as an anarchist, I would say that the, the, the state has no legitimate authority over borders. Um, but I also know that in the world that we're living in right now, I can't just throw up my hands and say, well, the federal government shouldn't be involved in this at all. So fuck everybody, you know. Right. Um, so there, there has to be I, I want to see suffering minimized. And right now there's suffering almost being maximized. And it's not a partisan thing. And a lot of it is born out of out of uh, dogma and misunderstanding of what the fundamental aspects of the situation are. So okay. the quick rundown would be um, there's, there's two types of immigrants. There's legal immigrants and there's illegal immigrants. So a legal immigrant would be somebody who comes through a port of entry, which would be um, across a border at an at a, at a actual seaport or an airport or something like that. So they come through there they say, we would like to be processed as immigrants who would like to enter your country. So that would be the the, uh, the normal legal immigrants, the illegal immigrants would be people who smuggle themselves into the country somehow. So they either cross the border, um, physically cross the border illegally down on the border with Mexico or, you know, however else they get into the country illegally. Sure. Then there's also another a subcategory of, of immigrant or refugee called an asylum seeker. Um, and those are people who aren't just seeking to come to the country just because they want a better life. They're people who, it's a very specific narrow definition according to international law and according to US federal law, which they have to have a credible um, perception of, of, of threat to their lives or their well-being if they go back to the country they came from. So it's, it's okay. people who are escaping political oppression or something like that. It has to be a systematic thing. It can't just be like my husband beats me. That wouldn't qualify someone as yeah. an asylum seeker. Yeah. Um, so 
the then there's two different types of asylum seekers as well. There's an affirmative asylum seeker, which is someone who presents themselves at a port of entry or a border crossing or something like that. And they say, I'm here to seek asylum in your country. Yeah. Then there's also a defensive asylum seeker, which is someone who is already in the country and they're going to be deported. Well, not necessarily. They don't necessarily have to be deported, but that, that's how it often happens is somebody is already yeah. physically in the country and they say, don't send me out of the country because um, I'm claiming asylum. And so then they can okay. have their case heard. So according to federal law, both of those are legitimate ways to gain asylum. Yeah. Um, now, typically for people who, who seek asylum, I think it's something like there's not really clear data on it, but there's something like one in five people are actually granted asylum. So mm. so 80 percent of people who, who apply, who seek asylum, have their asylum claims denied. Um, and according to international law, there is no obligation on, beha- on, on the behalf of a host country to grant an asylum claim. But it's um, probably also even a huge expense to process someone's asylum claim and then deny it. Yeah, it's there's there's a ton of bureaucracy and courts and all the stuff that's associated with it. So and then recently, the United States has been being inundated with asylum claims as the refugee crisis in Central America has been ramping up, which is the, right. basically the responsibility of the United States in the first place. But yeah, leaving okay. that aside, you can only take on so many different points at one time. So um, you, the, the majority of people who are going to be persuaded about this on some level believe that the federal government has some type of role in managing borders. Um, right. And... While I don't believe fundamentally that it does, I also think that there isn't from a, from an anarchist perspective, there isn't it isn't realistic to say that the federal government should should just stop managing the border altogether because it would be kind of like somebody coming to your house and ordering you to leave your door to take your door off your hinges and never have a door. Okay, um, yeah. So they can't tell you you can't have a door, but they also can't tell you that you you have to leave your door locked all the time. Like both of those sure. are illegitimate solutions. So, okay. um, so there has to be some element of the government, federal government managing this until the society is at a point where we can entertain the idea that the federal yeah. government shouldn't be involved in it. Yeah, until so, Pakistan. Until, okay, so, wait, okay. Um, I want to bring Manson in a moment, but before we do that, can you please tell us a little bit about the controversy about Trump supposedly or the Trump administration separating children from their families. Is it true? Is it just an allegation? And if it is true, what are the nuances of this? And also, just is it something that is this something that the Trump administration has started, or is this a vestige or a leftover from the previous administration? Sorry, that's a okay. lot. To, yeah. Okay. So, so it is true that the Trump administration is separating families. Um, yeah. It is not true that it's something that's new with the Trump administration. It's happened with past administrations as well. And okay. um, the, the Obama administration actually was taken to court over it. The, uh, the, they were sued and um, because they were arguing that um, there's, a, there's a thing called the Flores Settlement that was settled in 1997, which was some people who were suing the Clinton Department of Justice at the time. And mm. the court ordered, the court ruled that... Um, children that, that minors that are like uh, um, aliens, unaccompanied aliens, minors, cannot be held in detention for longer than 20 days. Then right. in 2016, under the Obama administration, um, a court further ruled 
that that statute applies to both unaccompanied minors and minors who are with their parents. So what's new with the Trump administration is that the Trump administration is um, pursuing a zero tolerance policy toward the enforcement of the federal law. It's 8 U.S.C. 1325, if you want to look it up, which is what criminalizes illegal entry into the country. So in 1951, the law was passed that made it illegal, that made it a misdemeanor to illegally enter the country. Um, so it's a misdemeanor that I think it's, it's like up to six months in prison and a fine. And then illegal right. reentry is a felony. Um, right. So the, the Trump justice or the, the Trump administration's new policy is that they are enforcing that with a zero tolerance policy. If you enter the country illegally, 100% of the time, you will be prosecuted for the crime of entering the country illegally. Right. Now, the reason that they which did is, that... Which arguably, he's, he's been voted to do that. That's one of the main things that people turned out to vote for Trump for. Uh, we don't necessarily agree with democracy as a system, but if you're going to have one, you hope that people deliver on their campaign promises. And like it or not... Um, People voted on for Trump for tighter immigration controls. Where's the lie, as they like to say on memes? Exactly. So, so that's what I've been trying to communicate to people is that this isn't he, he's enforcing existing federal law. If you don't okay. like the existing federal law, change then it. lobby to change it. But yeah. then understand what the consequences of that are. Yeah. Um, so then well, this I, is the I, most I apologize if it gets loud here. I have a train that might be going by me in a okay. second. OK, no problem. Um, okay, so, so maybe, yeah, go ahead. So the reason that the, the nuance behind that, so it might seem like, oh, well, it's heartless to not make exceptions for people. The, the first term Obama administration, their policy was essentially, we will deport you if you cross the border illegally, no matter who you are. Zero tolerance, you'll be deported if you cross illegally. You won't be prosecuted, but you'll be deported. Um, mm -hmm. And, I, and I, I can't find clarification on this, but I think that that, also meant that essentially they were denying asylum claims as well. Even if even if they reasonably could um, grant the asylum claim, they were denying it if you cross the border illegally. So that also seems unduly harsh to me as well, because mm. I think, um, again, I think the federal government doesn't have a legitimate moral role in determining which people can walk across which arbitrary lines in the ground. But again, that's something that isn't a popular opinion. And mm. most of the people who oppose these practices they don't share that opinion. So, hmm. so there's a hypocrisy there or, 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 or at least a lack of connecting these dots. So oh, yeah. right. the consequence of it. So then in their second, in Obama's second term, he changed and he started making exceptions to the, the, the deport deportation rule and the prosecution rule by saying, if you have a child with you, if you're accompanied by a child, you won't be deported or prosecuted. So, okay, well, that's going to encourage people to take children, whether or not that they're theirs. Exactly. So right. over the next four years, there was a 500 percent increase in yeah, right. people bringing children across the border. And there's not always evidence that they even know each other. And then you have parents who are so desperate to get their kids out of the country that they're selling their kids to child traffickers to get so them sad. smuggled into the country. Yeah. So it creates a perverse incentive. OK, I um, hear you. And we're most uh, compelled or at least the one, the libertarian argument that will get put forth by non-open borders libertarians will be, well, look, 
if you don't do if you don't separate the families then you're just incentivizing saying anything goes the more you allow it the more you'll have people respond to incentives if you just grant people amnesty then you'll have a limitless number and there will be no america left there'll be no western civilization left there'll be no rule of law there'll be no uh libertarianism because libertarianism is quite particular to america and even that small fire is being fanned out so matthew if you can stick around that would be great if you can um i i will forgive you um please please if you can stay mance talk to us tell us what you know and what your views are on the situation it always comes down to when anyone whenever an anarcho-capitalist a voluntarist talks about these things. We talk about, you know, the, the borders should be private. What no one right. ever talks about is you don't need Ancapistan for that. I right. mean, you, you could just sell, I mean, public, I mean, who owns public property? Um, a lot of the, the people in the Hapa camp or the late Rothbard camp will say they do if they're a taxpayer. Mm. Well, that's horseshit. If you can't go and grab something and, and if you can't take, if you can't use something, if you yeah. can't, if you can't take possession of something, you don't own it. So I'll fly, I, I, and I've offered to do this. I will fly people to where they think there's public property that they own, so that they can go claim it. And my, the right. only thing is, I want to be there to film it. I want, okay. I want to be, I want to be there to film them getting killed and getting shot. Okay, so let's let's end this argument. Okay, public property, public land could be eliminated without Ancapistan. Okay, so. One, I think what we should be encouraging and what we should always to talk to people about is we should anybody we talk to that this would all be this would all be solved if the government would just allow people to buy that land and then it would be private mm -hmm. and then it would become a trust trespassing issue. OK, with what we're dealing with now that I just wanted to get my um, uh, I wanted to get my philosophical you know, purity, uh, my, my right. pure libertarianism out, out of the way now. They have, the White House has clearly said that they want to make these people miserable. So yeah. what they've done is, and, and Matthew is right, you have people who are coming to work, you have people who are asylum seekers, but what they've been doing is they've been shutting down border checkpoints. So, you know, to come and you say, okay, I want to come in and work, I'm going to apply for this and everything, people have shown up and they're closed. So they go to the asylum checkpoints, and when they go to the asylum checkpoints, this you know, this policy that the White House, probably Stephen Miller, is in charge of, if if all the is basically just we're going to bully. I mean, we're just going to make examples out of these people. And my problem with the whole thing is you can't make examples out of kids, okay? right? Right. And and these people. In many cases, not, you know, in Mexico, Mexico is horrible. Um, you know, and people will say, well, you know, we didn't create anything. We didn't create any of the problems in Mexico. Well, fucking, no fucking way. Yes, we did. By having a war on drugs, by having dr certain drugs be illegal, you've created the black market. You've, crea you've created the cartels that are down there. And I'm not saying that cartels wouldn't be down there, that there, there wouldn't be some kind of violence, but it wouldn't be as systematic right. as it sure. is. Sure. Can, can I just can I ask you something? Because there's a lot of people in, in, in the UK who probably go, Mexico's horrible. Hang on a minute for crying out loud. I know loads of people who go on vacation there and they say well, it's great. 
you know? Well, yeah, there, I mean, there are sections, there, there, are par- there are parts that have been cleaned up so that tourists can go there. But okay. you, do, you do not want to go to border towns like the town right over, El, right over from El Paso, Texas. No, these, but, these uh, are towns where people get killed in the streets. So, yeah, I'm with yeah. you. But the, 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 the question that would probably follow on is then, so why aren't the people from the shitty areas of Mexico going to the good areas of Mexico for asylum? How big are those? How big are those areas? Can they say, right. Can those areas? Uh, can, can the really nice areas? And I mean, there are some. Like if you go to the Baja Peninsula, uh, Peninsula, yeah. you go south on the peninsula. You know, Cabo but there's not a, yeah, there's not a lot. There's not an insane amount of commerce if you go to, um, you know, a lot, especially a lot of the towns where Americans have have settled. But yeah. yes, there are places that mix, and I'm sure there are Mexicans that do that. But yeah. when it when it comes down to it, where if you were going to improve your life, and both sides of my family came to this country in the 20th century, right. and one of them escaped um, the Russian, the one side escaped the Russian um, Revolution 19, 1917, and the other side just came out of the Caribbean, uh, came out of from Puerto Rico. Okay. So, but they thought that they had, they could find a better life here, that there was more opportunity. And that's something, isn't that something that the United States is always preaching? Isn't that part okay. of the, yeah. isn't that part of the ideology? Yes, people are saying, people say that um, that was then and this is now, and they've got various reasons to think that or to but justify I that. I, I don't want to go Trump deeply. Says, Trump says the, the economy is doing great. Okay. I mean, if, well, you know, I mean if, well, hey, come on. Do we need well, people well, in here? I am, there's a guy, there's look, a guy in sure California. There's, there's an avocado farmer in California that can't find people to fit, pick avocados, and he's offering $400 a day to do it. I'll fucking go and work for him. <laughs> yeah, no right, okay. I mean, that sounds good. I love avocados as well. I can get the job. Yeah, but, okay, what, what I'm concerned with or what caught my attention is, now, I am... Uh, I would say I was uh, open borders libertarian like many of us were a few years ago. I was dragged kicking and screaming by the hair while I still had it over to the um, closed borders position by force of argument and evidence. But what I was concerned with during this episode is what I perceive as um, callous lack of compassion and the style of communication of some of the closed borders libertarians that I saw on this issue. And I just don't think we're going to be winning over hearts and minds uh, with that kind of callous attitude. Now, the people that I am going to quote here are not the people that I thought were displaying of those attitudes because I didn't actually write down the incompassionate comments. I went and asked on some libertarian groups that with people that I admire and I respect, what were their... Um, what were their uh, libertarian arguments uh, for um, Trump's policy? And people were saying things like, you know, it's mean to incarcerate children alongside their criminal parents. Uh, but I'm, you know, in times of high, and in times of high stress. And what I was concerned, I don't really think that crossing a border is the same level of criminality as a property rights violation or beating someone up you know i i mean they will argue well you're trespassing or you're uh, you're looting the taxpayer well they've not looted the taxpayer yet others say um 
in general, anything that deters illegal immigration will decrease the resources stolen from taxpayers. And, um, you know, we've got uh, someone claimed and has a source for it um, that of the 12,000 children, I mean, that's a lot, 12,000 children that's a, separated. That's, that's shocking. Yeah. I mean, that that's a lot of psychological wounding. That's why I wish people would handle these issues with care. And they'll, of course, say, well, Anthony, why aren't you being compassionate to the taxpayers that have to pay? You know, Can I they, jump in they, for a sec? Yeah, sure. please do. Please do. Absolutely. Um, so oh. the, that number, the 12,000 number, um, I had to look for substantiation of this, but I found pretty good corroboration that the, of the 12,000, 10,000 of them were, were, we're not the, yeah, minors we're, who were sent here alone. Right. That's so and then the, uh, remaining The remaining 2,000 were ones who came with their parents across the border. Right. And, um, and then obviously you can't incarcerate a child with, with his parents. Um, and then, uh, and then that's the justification for for separating the, the for separating them is that they legally can't hold the children for longer than 20 days and they can't according to the fourth amendment you can't imprison someone for the crimes of their parents um, yeah so it leaves them with and then the the third thing was that the there was the obama policy which is they would hold them for the 20 days and then after that they would release them with a summons for a court date um yeah. which was the catch and release policy yeah. and they all have pluses and minuses because with the catch and release policy, there's there's anywhere from 40 to 80 percent of people don't don't ever show up for their court date. And then what happens is that these kids are in the country and there's no one that's documenting them. And then that was turning mm -hmm. into child trafficking within the country that people would offer to sponsor them. But then they would essentially turn them into slaves. Wow. Shocking. Um, so so then you have the situation where when people cross the border illegally with children, you can't detain them together. You can't separate them and you can't cut them loose. So what do you do with them? So I think that the Trump administration's approach to it has been, we want to severely disincentivize anybody right. from crossing the border illegally. We want people to come right. across the border legally. And if right, you come across right. the border legally, so, you won't be separated. You won't have, you right. won't be detained, any of that. Um, and then okay, obviously okay. the bureaucracy is just so overwhelmed with all these people and all these resources being directed everywhere. So there's lots of rumors about, you know, people that are being unnecessarily rough and that there are even people who come legally are being detained and separated and all of that. And and I don't really want to try to get into rumors or trying to substantiate yeah. what people's um, personal beliefs are and personal approaches are. But whether whether that's happening or not, this is still I don't see a clear solution to the issue that doesn't yeah, involve um, substantial numbers of people of, of Americans who care about them to step up themselves and volunteer their own houses and volunteer to create companies yeah. that can mm. that can facilitate this process and you know and, and people think it's that it's just a trump issue or they think it's just mm. a it, it's not a trump issue it's That's a federal a government issue yeah, it's a, it's a civilizational issue. Yeah. issue as well i mean so just to finish up with some of the comments i mean what what one would say the main reason they've been separated is because the so-called parents don't have any documentation to prove who they are or if they're even the parents of the children another says if you allow people to exploit children in order to manipulate their way to political victory they'll do so more in the future so that's what uh, people are concerned about the incentives and um you know another argument yeah so i, th I think that's let's see what we've got in comments here um great discussion fellas well i agree i think we've been doing well and <laughs> So if we do say so ourselves. Yeah. So, Mance, uh, do you have 
something more to add on top of what is, is there any light at the end of the tunnel here is there any solution other than like you said people stepping up to the mark and volunteering their own homes well i well i think one thing the government needs to do is the government needs to uh, needs to admit that well, the, the government needs to admit that what they're complicit in this right. that they've created you know in el salvador in i mean through the cia fucking with the government, with the governments down there for so long, they're creating this crisis. They create, they've basically created the the environment that a lot of these people are trying to escape from. Right, so much in the way that we have in Syria, much in the way that our foreign policy has uh, created a huge migrant crisis from the Middle East into Europe. But I mean, I do not. I think it would be, it would be a good idea if say the you know we were talking about private companies you know um private um homes care um care facilities if the government would give them tax breaks in order to take the to mm. take these people plus they wouldn't be collecting so many taxes is one of the reasons i say that and we keep mm. you know it, it would it, it would starve the beast a little bit more but um if they would if there were some kind of incentive to you know, integrate Integrate. I mean, what do you do? What do you do with children who show up alone? I mean, do you turn mm. them around and send them back alone? Send them back to so someplace they've obvious. Some, I mean, it's yeah. The, uh, I mean, this it really is, does stretch it's a clusterfuck of it. Yeah, it's a clusterfuck because they they risked life and limb already yeah. to get to where they are. And people will say, I guess, or I've thought it before, not necessarily about this issue, but that the people that are the most uh, quick to jump to compassion seems to be uh, people who aren't actually going to be paying out of pocket uh, because they don't pay taxes, they don't earn a high enough uh, income to, or they're they, and things like that. Sorry, I, I'm obviously stereotyping the happy lefty, but essentially you say, well, look, you want to be compassionate to every last penny of someone else's money, unless you're digging in your pocket to help then you're not really personally responsible, you're just virtue signaling. And there is a temptation to do that, but when children are involved, I mean, they're not uh, agents, so, so it's, um, and the, they don't have much autonomy, uh, or any, and it's, it really is a clusterfuck. I can't, couldn't put it in differently. Can I, can I ask one thing? How are they defining a child, interestingly? What, what, at what point, do you cease being a child in terms of federal law? When you turn 18. Ah, right. Okay. Okay. So, so that, 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 that'd be another reason why the figures would be so high as well then. Because... There might be yeah. 16, 17 I mean, like years. 17 in my book ain't no child. I joined the army when I was 17. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, even 16. In, my, in this country, you can get married at 16. Um, so, and then they're talking about giving 16-year-olds the vote as well. Well, from what from what I understand, the um, the system is set up. There, there's actually apparatus in place for children like 15, 16, and 17 years old. That right. it's it's a lot easier to bring them in here. The problem is that they're get you know they're getting what I think they're referring to them as tender age. That's the official uh, would be anyone 14 and under. And that's a real problem because I mean, uh, what do you, how do you turn a fourteen? You know, someone who's shown up 
a, 14, a 13 or 14 year old or an eight year old, how do you turn them around? And, you know, or you know, really, how do you even if you put them into a fucked up system like 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 we have here? D- yeah. I mean, you realize there's two different, you know, they they come in with the border. They come in and deal with the Border Patrol and ICE and then they're handed off to another uh, you know, to another system, and those you know, historically in this country, system the um, different agencies don't talk, they don't communicate very well. So yeah. I mean, what I mean, it's so dangerous for an eight-year-old. I mean, we have, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not sound, trying to sound like a um, like a conspiracy theorist, but we have a serious tra- um, child trafficking problem in this right. country. Right. I mean, kids, yep. the amount of kids that go, they, they go. Um, Missing. missing every year is you, the numbers. You wouldn't even believe the numbers. I mean, when I tell Shocking. people numbers, they look them up and they're like, holy shit. How did I not know this? You know? So, yeah. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. this is, this is so fucked up, you know, to, but you know, to, to just to, for me to just sit here and go open the borders, let them all in. That's fucking stupid. I mean, it's, yeah. it's dangerous. But yeah. For, and for they're people, responsible. Yeah. I mean, but for people to not, uh, for people to be so callous as to be, Oh, my taxes, my taxes, my taxes, yeah. and this bullshit. Well, stop fucking paying your taxes. If we all stop paying our fucking taxes, what are they going to do if 40 million people stop paying their taxes? Isn't, yeah. this, the fuck, isn't this the greatest evidence in the world to stop paying your fucking taxes? Look yeah. at where they're going. Well, on Jesus that radical Christ. note, we are coming up to an hour. Um, so I just want to uh, wrap up. If there's any burning comments before we go, please throw them in. Otherwise, yeah, I got something. Okay, okay go for um, it. Just the, the last point would just be that um, my biggest concern is that the only reason that people care about this right now is because it's a way to take a shot at Trump and to feel the catharsis of being able to scream at the evil tyrant. And people don't realize that this is a fundamental systemic issue with the federal government and the managing of, of immigration, because you can repeal the law that makes it legal for people to end. You can make it illegal to detain people, but that's not going to solve anything. Are going to solve anything. Want to make a dent in this to address it somehow? Then end the policy of fucking around with other countries' regimes, and end the. Oh. Sorry. Sorry, Matthew, you're, drop, you're dropping out. And then yeah. put your money where your mouth is. So, and end, sorry, let me interrupt you, Matthew. End the, end the uh, foreign interventions. And what were your other two points? Because your, your sound really broke up. Yeah. The connection kind of sucks. But I think the other one was to end the drug war. End of drug, drug war. war. Yeah, okay. Uh, foreign interventions, drug war, and take personal responsibility. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, uh, all I wanted to say before uh, we wind up is we don't have time for our piece on, uh, on, uh, on Elon Musk. But tune in next, next time to the Scottish Liberty Podcast and give us your opinion on Elon Musk. Is he the greatest genius? and libertarian saviour and free market genius of all time or is he basically just a P.T. Barnum type looter? That's 
Yeah, right. So if you guys know anything about that, please leave something in the comments so we'll read them out next time. Uh, Matthew, Mance, thank you so much for joining in the show and we're sure we'll talk to you again. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Our pleasure. Thanks, well, thank you. Thank you.